0: sinners and saints dust off those horns and halos it's time for alan after dark how you doing sinners and saints i hope you're feeling well i hope you're feeling sexy i hope you're horny if you want to be i of course am pissed off once again you probably can figure out why but we're going to talk about it for a little bit and um See if I can get these anger issues out. Wouldn't it be great that in the state of Tennessee, if Republicans could just leave the gay community alone, even for a month, it would just be awesome if they would stop listening to the magas, These, well, I prefer calling them maggots but these Trump bots that are determined to destroy any semblance of freedom in this country with the exception of rich white men. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it is a Republican congressman from Brentwood. His name is Gino Bolso, and he is on the House K-12 through Education Subcommittee. And what he has done As he has introduced a bill, House Bill 1605, that will effectively ban the display of the pride flag in public schools. Now, this bill was delayed in committee over a very loud vocal group of people voicing their concerns over the broad wording of this bill. The bill specifically prohibits the display of any flags that represent a political viewpoint, including but not limited to partisan, racial, sexual orientation, gender, or other ideological viewpoints. I'm going to quote from Bolso, his argument, and he said this, when you look at the pride flag and what it represents, there's no denying that it does represent a set of values. What he's meaning is that He's angry that same-sex marriage is considered equal to what he calls traditional marriage. Then he went on to say that the flag represented transgender rights and represents values that would allow biological males to compete against girls in middle school and and in high school athletics. Let's think about that just for a minute, shall we? Do these people actually in their right mind believe That there are boys and girls in elementary or high school that come up with an idea that if they change their gender, that they somehow can compete and win better in their school's athletic programs? Does that make sense to anybody? Does it? Seriously, there are people out there, even at the professional level, who are purposely changing their gender just so they can compete in sports? I don't get it. But to continue, Bolsa defended his bill saying that he was sponsoring the bill on behalf of parents that he's heard from that are tired of a set of values that they don't believe in trying to be imposed on them and their children. And he went on to say, an elementary school is no place for political debate. Now, once again, does he hear what he's saying? What he's saying is, is that he doesn't want people to impose their beliefs on him and other families, but they want to impose theirs on everybody else. He created such a firestorm of it that it may be tabled for good. But once again, how in the hell do they make this leap that somehow there is an agenda to convert children from one gender to the other? What agenda would that be? What would be the actual purpose of a group wanting to do that? My God and baby Jesus help us. These people are just using it just to try to stoke fear in people for no other reason than for their own political gain. Not thinking that maybe this makes transgender and gay children targets of bullies and bigots and people so filled with hate that they might hurt them. And guess what, Mr. Bolso? Children have a right to have an education without the fear of being beaten up or, or worse in school. You fuckface. God. But I believe that the bill will be knocked down because an excellent argument was in geography classes, if the teacher displays a different country's flag to discuss turmoil in that country, well, that would be banned as well. So you're actually reducing the curriculum of the school, the class, education for a bill that doesn't need to be introduced at all. So Mr. Bolso, go fuck yourself. I do know that there was a big deal made of Haley Davidson, who is the first transgender golfer to win a women's tournament that might qualify her for the LPGA tour. I was looking at her record As far as her tournament success, and she has won one tournament. She came in second in a couple, and then she came in seventh and ninth in a couple of more. And her total earnings over those events was about $4,206.84. Her career total at age 30 in tournaments is $5,801.89. So... Really, I guess the one tournament win is considered a threat to all of the professional women in the sport? I'm a little confused about that, but maybe they can explain it more. I don't know. But if Haley Davidson's goal was to take over the LPGA to become one of the richest people in the sport, she's not doing so great now, is she? I guess people really do want to believe that Haley Davidson became a woman for the sole purpose of becoming a millionaire golfer in the LPGA. It seems like a whole lot of shit to go through just to get to that level. Hopefully someday somebody can explain it to me. Is that the same thing as saying that someone wants to have plastic surgery so that they can look like Barbie, the doll? Hmm, don't think so, but knock yourselves out with that. I don't know if you heard on the other issue that I want to bring up. It's a little bit of a combination. It's good news, but it reflects so badly on Tennessee. It just once again shows you how horrible this state is to people that are members of the LGBTQIA community here. If you haven't heard, the Justice Department has sued the state of Tennessee for enforcing a state law that actually allows discrimination against people with HIV. The law is being challenged by the Justice Department under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And what the the state law is, is that it seeks to punish people who have HIV. Basically, there is a a two-tiered system that a person who doesn't have HIV would get a charge that's much lower than someone that has it. Uh, for example, we'll talk about the aggravated prostitution statute that this is about. Basically, the law focuses on prostitution primarily, but it would involve anything that could be a factor in the exchange of blood or fluids and so on. But under the aggravated prostitution statute, if you have HIV, you would be charged with a felony, and if convicted, you would face three to 15 years in prison and a fine of $10,000. If you did not have HIV, it would be a misdemeanor, and you might wind up with about six months in prison and a $500 fine. Now, it doesn't matter that If you are an HIV positive person and you're using every protection as a prostitute, a hustler, if you're using condoms, if you don't exchange bodily fluids, if there's no penetration, if you're charged under prostitution and they find that you're HIV positive, you could be hit with this charge. And also the aggravated prostitution statute is categorized as a violent sexual offense, which means that you would be forced to register as a convicted sex offender. You would be on the registry, even though you've not done anything that typically falls under that registration's requirements. You have not raped anybody. You've not molested a child. You've not committed statutory rape. You've exchanged money for a sexual encounter while being HIV positive, even if you took all the precautions of it. They had somebody who finally came forward as a complainant that the DOJ could sue the state under, and she basically has been forced into homelessness, and she's been denied employment because she appears on that registry as a violent sexual offender for being HIV positive while a prostitute. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I believe there are already laws in place for people who might not tell their partners that they're HIV positive. I don't see how adding a scarlet letter to prostitutes who are trying to get themselves out of the vicious cycle that they're in, how does this help them? How does this not drive them back out to the streets and maybe commit more risky behavior, It just seems like the state of Tennessee is determined to drive all of us out, whether we're HIV positive or negative. If we're a member of the LGBTQIA community, it seems like they want to either drive us out, put us in prison, or hope that someone kills us off. And once again, go DOJ, but it's going to be a long haul in this battle. And I'm pretty sure that the Supreme Court, in the way they're stacked now, will probably side with the state of Tennessee, which would be horrendous. So now that I've pissed all of you off, let's kind of elaborate on this for just a few minutes. I think I've been pretty clear about my opinions on things like hustling and prostitution. I have no problem with it. I think you do what you need to do to survive in this world. It ain't easy out there. I know that, we all know that. No judgment here. I don't want people to think that I'm trying to take some sort of moral high ground, but I don't think it's fair if, what the fuck does it matter to our government or any local government, state government, federal government, whoever, who you're fucking, and if you're getting money for it? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Which person is the smart one? The person who takes cash for a blowjob or the one who does it for two drinks at a bar? If I start thinking about it, I'm thinking that maybe cash would be better than a couple of drinks. At least without the drinks, my judgment may not be as cloudy, but I'm just saying. We're too hung up on a lot of these so-called moral issues and we all know that government should not legislate morality. Now, before somebody comes at me, and says something like, well, what about murder? Murder's a moral issue. Well, of course it is. But nobody gives their consent to be murdered. To me, in most cases, when it revolves around sex, uh, the couple or who, however many people it is, the people that are involved in the sexual encounter are consenting. And adults. So there's, there's a big difference there. I do remember there was a case in Germany where a man supposedly did consent to his own murder. But the agreement was is that his killer would eat him. We're not getting into cannibalism on this podcast. Well, not at least on this episode anyway. I guess you should never say never on a podcast that's supposed to be controversial, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But do you guys get what I mean? There is a difference. Uh, You know, when the sodomy laws in this country were upheld in 1982 by the Supreme Court, the case really was about a man who had warrants for his arrest. The police broke into his house or his apartment, and they found him in bed with another man. So not only did they arrest him for the outstanding warrants, but they arrested him for sodomy because he was in bed with a man in a sexual encounter. And the Supreme Court at that time upheld his conviction on sodomy. Think about it. He was in his own bedroom in bed with an, another adult who happened to be of the same sex. And the Supreme Court then said that state, local laws, federal laws justified them going into a person's home and imposing a law on them that had no victim. Think about that. That was just a little over 40 years ago. And to be honest, a place like Tennessee, we haven't come that much farther in moving forward with our society and our culture. But, you know, those good old Russians, they're still right there with Tennessee and West Virginia and Oklahoma and Texas and Utah and all these right wing states in trying to reach the bottom of the barrel when it comes to LGBTQIA rights. As I had said on our Christmas episode, I have a special fondness for the gay community in Russia as Alan After Dark has listeners there. And I'm very concerned about their safety and their welfare. But there was an article on the Associated Press just recently about the situation with gay rights there. So as we discussed back in December, the Russian Supreme Court had ruled that the LGBTQIA movement is considered an extremist organization, basically labeling them as a terrorist group. And now, this year, they're starting to use that action against gay people. And there are stories now coming out of Russia of people being punished for displaying a rainbow flag. It actually kind of reflects what's happening in Tennessee with the so-called school ban of the pride flag. One story of a person uh, by the name of Inna Mosina in a, a, a town called Saratov, about 450 miles southeast of Moscow, was fined 1,500 rubles, which is about $16 in US dollars, for depicting rainbow flags on their Instagram account. Now think about that, a fine for just posting a picture of a rainbow flag. The ruling was in the case is that the rainbow flag is an international symbol of the LGBTQ plus movement and therefore illegal in Russia. The artist tried to defend herself by saying that those pictures of the rainbow flag were posted before the ruling, before the law went into effect. It didn't matter. The court ordered her to pay the fines anyway. Then there's a, a case of a man who was fined a thousand rubles, which is about $11, for posting a, a rainbow flag on his social media. And he was in, it was in a city city. I think, called Nizhny Novgorod, which is about 250 miles east of Moscow. This all stems back from the laws that began in about 2013. They were labeling anything connected to the gay rights movement as gay propaganda. They basically, in 2013, established a law that banned any public endorsement of non-traditional sexual relations among minors. But in 2020 under the constitutional reforms that Vladimir Putin pushed through, being the dictator that he is, he uh, changed the constitution to give him more terms to serve as president. And at the same time, he added a provision that banned uh, same-sex marriage. Also in 2023 in Russia, they passed a law in 2023 that prohibits sex reassignment, gender transitioning procedures, and any gender-affirming care for transgender people. The law basically prohibits medical interventions aimed at changing the sex of a person, as well as changing one's gender on official documents and public records. They also amended the Family Code in Russia by listing gender change as a reason to annul a marriage and adding those who had changed their gender to a list of people who cannot become foster or adoptive parents. And once again, Putin adopts the right-wing Republican arguments that we hear here in this country is that there should only be a mommy and a daddy and no others. You know what pisses me off about that? This argument that a child needs a mother and a father. Okay, but what happens if a parent dies and you have just one parent, you have one mother or one father? Is that child being punished? or re- receiving less love or attention because one parent died? What if both parents dies and an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister or grandparent has to take the role on of being a parent? Is that supposed to be forbidden? What about people that biologically can't have children? Is that your God telling the world that this person shouldn't be allowed to have a child through adoption? Remember. Gay couples, in most cases, are adopting children that people have let go. Not to be harsh here, but stop having babies if you don't want gay couples, lesbian couples, or even single parents to have children. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know that every gay person, well, I will say 99% of all of us that are gay, we are the product of heterosexual marriages of heterosexual relationships. And believe it or not, you may have trouble with this, but we're still gay. We're raised in heterosexual households, brought up in fucking churches a lot of times, and we're still gay. If you really think that a, a parent's sexuality or gender really affects what the child will do or child will be, you are totally messed up in the head and have no common sense to understand the basics of sexual orientation. I don't know. I wonder why. I guess it's just, and I've said it before, it's just the easiest, we're the easiest community to target, aren't we? You can't really go after different races or ethnic groups, though right-wingers try. But they know that they even have some in different ethnic groups and different races that are anti-gay as well. So for them, it's an easier sell to try to paint gay people, transgender people as these monsters determined to convert the world even though I don't know who that person is that's trying to do that. I don't think any of us are Hitler or Putin or the orange turd. We just wanna live life and be free from being threatened with violence, murder, abuse, neglect. Homelessness, I don't think that's unreasonable. Do you? Thank you for bearing with me on this preachy episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you'll come back and listen to us next week. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon.